podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. With the new Chevy Silverado, you might be driving in this. But with the Silverado's redesigned interior and large infotainment screens, it'll feel more like this. Introducing the new 2022 Chevy Silverado. Find new upgrades. Find new roads. Chevrolet. It changed the match reaction for Everton 1. Manchester United 3 it was in the end. At Goddardson Park, three defeats in a row now for Everton. Uh, those halcyon days of being top of the table early in the campaign feel a long way away, don't they? Uh, Mike Diasha joins me to have a chat about it. Mate, everyone was desperate to do post-match shows earlier in the campaign, and all of a sudden, you know, just, just me and you here talking, chewing the bones over a defeat. I know, scraping the barrel now, aren't you? And you got me. <laughs> no, of, of course not, but uh, just, just really disappointing today, wasn't it, mate? It was... It's one of them where you saw the, the team and you felt a bit more like what we saw earlier in the season. And you now you might, might hopefully see a performance that res- resembled a bit more what we saw earlier in the season. But just just from the off, really, it was just... And I, I know we scored the goal early on and, and went ahead, but it just never really felt like everything got going in the game at all. No, it didn't feel like there was much click in that team at all. And I think that's been one of the issues we've had for the past couple of weeks is that everything doesn't seem as intertwined as it was before the first international break. Everything just seems like players obviously aren't 100% fit. Players are having to do a bit more or do different roles and players have to come in out of the cold and try and perform straight away. It's just not happened. I think you go back to the derby and that Richardson red card, it was just, it set everything up to just be absolutely awful for these three games because that is what we're missing. You look at these games and we've spent the best part of, well, 90 minutes there trying to cross the ball onto Harry Maguire's head. And even then, we still couldn't manage crosses. That's just how out of sync everything was. And you do just miss someone like Richarlison who's going to take a bit of a focus away from Calvert-Lewin, who's going to give you a different option, be able to run in behind properly, just carry a bit more threat. And they're just really struggling at the moment. I think you would hope that this week off is what Hammers needs. Because obviously... He's, he's going to get to Columbia, isn't he? Is he, is he going on international well, duty? Let's hope not, because it seems quite obvious that he's not fit, because that's not the same Hammers Rodriguez that we saw three or four weeks ago. It just, just isn't. It's someone who right now is playing through an injury. Same as Seamus Coleman. If he goes away with the, with the Irish national team, then that's just ridiculous, because he's quite obviously not fit. And... You just hope that those fellas just have a bit of time off for themselves now and just get back to where they were. Yeah, uh, really annoying. Uh, sort of going through the, the game as a whole. Um, I, I was really annoyed after we scored, mate, because you know we obviously I was made up initially, but then after after you know that spell in the game, you sort of felt like right, we've got ahead in the game despite not really playing that well. United looked all right up until that point, but didn't look particularly good. Um, and you just sort of thought, right, they're under pressure. They've had a big trip in midweek and, and not played particularly well. The conceding goal was really, you know, freely. It, it felt like that was the time to really take control of the game. And instead of doing that, I suppose you want to zone in on, on the midfield a little bit here. Instead of doing that in midfield and seeing, you know, Alan Decore, Sigurdsson getting a grip of the ball and playing quick passes and getting us up the pitch, we just... We, we regressed on the ball in regards to what we were doing and defensively it just seems to, to go to pieces a little bit as well and, and the first goal sort of, sort of comes from that doesn't it it's, it's them playing through midfield with the space and then going out wide and then Fernandez gets in the box when no one from midfield tracking his run and it, it just I think in that spell before half time the 20 minutes before half time or whatever it was when United scored their two goals the midfield was just like a, a bit of a sieve wasn't it 
I think this is a midfield that's still missing Jean-Philippe Cabamon. It's still missing a proper holding midfielder in number six because while the line has done all right there and doing a job, every single time we're looking at counter-attacking goals, there are just massive holes in the middle of midfield because he's more more accustomed to playing as a number eight who can go and seek out the ball rather than sitting. And whenever he doesn't do that, there seems to be some issues. So you're just hoping that over these next few weeks, Everton can just limp back over the next couple of weeks, rest up a little bit. And maybe, I don't know, in a month, you get someone like Gabamin back who can actually do that hold and roll properly. And then you look and having Decore and Alan just in front of him. And that, to me, is a much more complete midfield than the one that Everton are currently putting out because it's just, it's imbalanced and it's slightly lopsided. There is no natural hold midfielder. And I don't know what Gilfie Sigurdsson is at this point. There's, there's absolutely no redeeming feature to him starting a football match. I think, as we've seen early on in the season, the only thing that he can actually have in his wing column is coming on as a sub, making a little bit yeah. of a difference, helping shore up the ship. That's it. If you start with him from the off, you know what you're going to get, and that's the square root of absolutely nothing. Yeah. Um, if you watch it on YouTube, do let us know what you thought of it. Uh, comments in. Yeah, John Caballero, Coleman, not good enough for me. Gave Sean Fernandez way too much space. Patrick Smith, look like we've been to Turkey in midweek. United better all over the pitch. Martin, poor defensively, not getting forward enough. Awobi added more intent after Sigurdsson did nothing. Again, still not one without Richarlison. Uh, Dave Mack against the only passengers. Hamez and Sigurdsson. Plus, Holgate was woeful in the first half. Yeah, big call to bring Holgate back in, but, um, you know, didn't really work on the day. Um, just just sort of going back to, to some of them other ones, Mike, I suppose Hamez's role in the team was was really interesting today, and I think it it sort of sums up where we are at the moment. I feel like teams have seen us in the first four games and looked at Everton and thought they're really good at certain things, like any team does. You know, we speak about them on on these shows about the things that Everton were doing really well in the opening weeks of the season, and it sort of felt like the international break was a time for teams to have a look at us ahead of coming games. Obviously, you know. Southampton, Newcastle United in particular have done it and they've nullified where Everton have been strong this season and we haven't really been able to find another way in football matches and, and that's why after we fell 2-1 behind today I didn't really feel like we we were able to, to get back in the game or look like getting back in the game because it, it, it doesn't it feels like the, the plan's working from the start it, it's fine and everything's going pretty well but if we have to do things in a different way and play in a different system or bring different personnel on. Of course, this goes back to Richarlison a little bit as well, but if we have to move away from that blueprint, it just feels like it all breaks down very, very quickly. Well, to be honest, I didn't think Everton looked in the slightest bit dangerous after going 2-1 down until they did switch it up a little bit and you saw Hamish, well, until um, Iwobi came on for Sigurdsson and Hamish went into the centre of midfield, saw much more of the ball, started spreading it around a lot more. Everton sort of started dominating possession, moving further and further up the pitch. And if it weren't for the absolute just awful quality of the crossing today, then there's some chances that will get created there. So I do think that, as you say, things do have to change a little bit. And it was nice and encouraging that Ancelotti was able to spot that right Hamez isn't quite getting into the game over there. We'll have to bring him into the middle of midfield. And fair play to Iwobi again. I thought he was much more of a threat than I expected him to be once he came on. But... Everton just looked blunted without Richarlison there at the moment and that's to be expected when you're missing what is probably your best player over the last two or three years. It's always going to be a bit of a task and they're a little bit like the walk on wounded at the moment. You're looking at right back, no right backs on the bench, Coleman's got to limp through the game but you are right that no matter, you can make all these excuses but 
it does seem that teams are targeting Everton in specific areas right now, and it's about overcoming that. And if that means Hammers goes and starts playing as a number eight, with Charleston's on one side, or Wobie's on the other, or Gordon, who thought it was ridiculous that he wasn't on the bench today, or starting, to be quite frank with you, instead of someone like Tosin. I don't, still don't understand how he's getting anywhere near that bench. Absolutely not. Well, yeah, we'll, we'll come on to that a bit later. Yeah, it's annoying yeah. me a bit as well, to be honest. Yeah. But it's, yeah... And I suppose that the other side of this is we've spoken about Richarlison a lot and James and, and you know, getting them into the, you know, Richarlison not being available and James not getting into the game, et cetera, et cetera. But defensively at the moment, mate, we look absolutely atrocious, don't we? It's, you know, I think that's, I've seen the stats today saying that's the fifth game in a row. We've conceded two or more goals in the Premier League. Obviously, end up conceding three with Cavani and on the counter-attack. And it, at the centre-backs as well, you know, Michael Keane had a good start to the season, started to fade away a little bit. Today, you know, we had three different players in defence that we had uh, Newcastle, uh, we had a new goalkeeper in as well, and Pickford obviously also played the other week. It's, it's obviously some of the changes have been enforced upon Carlo Angelotti in, in that regard, and you can understand, you know, you can, you can make an account for some of the poor defenders and some of the goals we've conceded, but it's got to be better than that, hasn't it? You know, you'd, you'd expect more organisation and, and, you know, the coaching that you'd hope they'd be doing on the training pitch to come through because they're just so porous at the back at the moment. But I think the proof will be in the pudding when we see how Mason Holgate gets on over the next few weeks because obviously when you look at Everton's defensive record like from the start of the season, a big miss has been Mason Holgate because he just offers such a different different load of qualities than any of our other centre-halves do. I think that'll... I'm hoping it makes a massive difference and I think it probably will do. Um... <laughs> When you look at the other enforced changes, the sending offs and the injuries at fullback has just been it's catastrophic for the way Everton play because it's just been such a fundamental part. You take your key chance creator on one side and your captain on the other side, you take them in and out to the side. That's always going to cause massive problems. But it all comes down to this international break for me. Like this is this is where we're gonna see where Everton are, because you come back, you play Fulham. And then you've got a game against Leeds United. And as you were saying there, Matt, if there's a game where the opposition is going to spend a ridiculous amount of time working out your strengths and your weaknesses and trying to exploit them, it's going to be Bielsa at Leeds. So mm. what Everton do with this two weeks now and how they approach the games after this, it, that, that's where the proof will be in the pudding. If they'll need to show up defensively and they have to change some things in an attacking sense. Because while, as you say, it's all well and good when it is working, when you have your best players on the pitch, it's all well and good. If you've got Richarlison there, if you've got Hammers firing on all cylinders, you've got Calvert-Lewin as well, because you can win 4-2, that's fine. But when you're missing one of them, and probably the most important one of them, then you're going to notice it. And that's what we're noticing right now, is that missing Richarlison, not much has changed offensively. Like There's not been a sudden downturn. What's missing is the bluntness that we're having offensively. That's what the change is. So this two weeks, it's purely about trying to bring Mason Holgate back to full fitness, try and work out a way of stopping the goals. I don't think that stops until you have a proper hold midfielder. still think it all stems from that because while Allen and Decore have really helped the midfield, the midfield is a lot more of a unit than it was. They don't have that defensive stability that you need from a number six. So it all relies on the likes of Holgate, Gabam and Godfrey and filling in that role. That's... Mm. What's gonna the way it's gonna have to yeah the way it's gonna be unfortunately and we'll just have to wait and see how it pans out. Yeah, it, 
Alan is getting a little. I think I think he's looked less and less comfortable in that position. Obviously, the deepest of the, the midfield three since the opening game against Tottenham, really. And at time, you know, we, we spoke about before we signed him. He's someone who goes hunting for the ball. He's not going to sit and offer that pivot and screen in front of the defence. And I think at times today we saw that Fernandez was able to expose that, wasn't he? Just finding little spaces either side of him and behind of him, and, and that's. That's not been his game. I don't know if he's trying to adapt and become that sort of player lastly in his career. Um, but there are some issues there at the moment. And I feel like the core is being asked to do a few too many jobs at the moment as well. It's like you need to get back and cover when Coleman goes forward, fill in when James moves in field, and then try and get forward as well. I feel like he, he'd probably benefit maybe from just being on a bit more of a straightforward role. But, but that's, that's, of course, for, for the manager. In, in regards to the subs, mate, you mentioned... Um, Obviously, I think Gordon was in the squad today, and obviously caused a bit of a, you know, a bit of upset on Twitter from from a lot of Blues. You mentioned Sheng Tosin being brought on there. Uh, he was really poor when he came on. I thought actually, Sheng, and, and and I know this is a player, and by by no means is it his fault that we lost the game today. Uh, I know this is a player that's come back from an injury as well, so you can make some allowance for his performance on that. But I'd much rather be seeing Alice Sims come on in this situation. Someone who the club have got long-term hopes for, not someone the club were trying to flog and, and offload um, you know, a few months ago. Um, not someone who's come back from a long-term injury. It's, it's, I think you just get a little bit more of a buzz and a little bit more freshness when you, when you bring someone like that on into, into a game when you're trying to chase a goal as opposed to a lad who he probably knows, the manager probably knows, we all know, his teammates know, it's not long for the football club. Something you probably do know. Progressive can not only offer you a great price when you bundle home and auto, they offer you round-the-clock protection. Something you probably don't know. A driveway basketball hoop, including the base, weighs around 400 pounds. Something you probably do know. There's a windstorm coming. Something you probably don't know. A basketball hoop tipping over can poke a hole in a car roof like a can opener. Bundle your home and auto with Progressive and get more than a great price. Get round-the-clock protection. Something you know for the things you don't know. Coverage from Progressive Casualty Insurance Company, affiliates, and third-party insurers and subject to policy terms. Bundle discount not available in all states or situations. I, I just don't understand what scenario it is that you would bring Chen Tosin on that would benefit Everton and Chen Tosin. I can't see a scenario that works. We know he's a half-decent finisher. What else? That, that's it. There's, there's not much else there. And... I don't see what he can benefit to having at this point. It's just, it seems to be just a case of put him on the bench, shop window. Hopefully, someone spends a little bit of money on him in January, maybe he scores one or two goals. That seems to be the best case scenario right now. Um, I, I agree with Ellis Sims, Anthony Gordon as well. Just, you've got two players there that. <sighs> If you're planning on being having them in Everton for the long term, then these players need to thrive and need opportunities. After Anthony Gordon starting the season very, very well, looking determined, looking assured of himself and really starting to grow up, why has he suddenly been completely bombed out of every single squad? Just don't understand it. You wonder what has gone on there because Alex Awobi has not been pulling up trees. Bernard has not been pulling up trees. And if there was ever a time for him to have his opportunity, it was going to be these three games with Richarlison out. And we've just not seen it. We've not played seen what, 20 minutes? All. 20 minutes Southampton he came on for, and that's it. Well, that's it, isn't it? It's just you look at those three games before they kick off, you go, right, Anthony Gordon's probably your go to there because of the way he was playing before before the um, international break and the way that Awobi was playing, the way that Bernard was playing, you'd say he should be getting just as much chance as those two and he just hasn't and that's not because those two have been particularly good It's you do ask some questions about what on earth has gone on there 
Mm. Yeah, it's it's just rubbish. I suppose that the most frustrating thing, mate, overall, obviously, we're, we're looking at it now, the four games since the last international break, we've taken one from a possible 12. Um, and that was against Liverpool, you could probably say, in semi-fortunate circumstances as well, given what happened at, at the end of that game. And it's just frustrating, isn't it, that everyone was so excited about the, the start of this season. Um, obviously, we're still going to end the weekend relatively high up in the table and all that, but it just feels like that feel-good factor and, and, and the enjoyment and the, the fun we were all having has, has, has just massively seeped away very, very quickly. And, and I know it's still early days and I know we're in a, a cup quarter-final, but it's, you know, it feels like it's, it's, it's always the case of us, isn't it? Whenever, whenever things start to go wrong, they, they tend to go very, very badly wrong. And, and that momentum and that feel-good factor just seeps away very, very quickly, doesn't it? I think momentum is the word there. I wouldn't say the positivity has been seeping away. There's, really? Spoke, yeah, well, I think, well, I'm, I'm speaking personally. Yeah. Uh, momentum, it, it always feels like when the balloon's getting deflated, you, you can see it deflating. I think that's a little bit different to the positivity because you can feel a bit like bereft of momentum because that's what happens when you lose games. You're going to feel really brilliant about winning games because you've got so much momentum. But the overall positivity, like, I've seen things from Everton this season that I haven't seen for a very long time, if ever. That sort of thing doesn't just go away overnight. They don't just become an awful football team. There's a lot of mitigating factors there. Like, you look at that game today, I've got no idea how High Maguire or Bruno Fernandes weren't sent off. You go back to the Newcastle game, Everton probably deserved a point there, and you were quite unlucky to be awarded the penalty that really was not a penalty against them. You go back to Southampton. For me, that Southampton game is the only game this season that Everton have been deservedly beaten by a better team. The rest of them, Everton could have quite easily Even come today. away with points, and they haven't. Even today, I thought we were up, up played by and large today. I just, I thought that that United team, I thought it was just poor. Just, it's just a poor team. There's not that much there, but they just have that extra bit of cutting edge, that extra bit of luck. I do think there was points there for Everton to take today. I think a point probably would have been a fair result if it would have come off at the end there. But the positivity from this entire season, I don't think we can let it just go away because then we're just reverting to type. We're doing exactly what everyone said that wouldn't happen a few weeks ago where it was like, I don't know, it's just nice feeling like, do you know what? They'll come back after the international break with Richarlison back, with Holgate back to a bit more full fitness. Hopefully Coleman, Hammers have just a couple of weeks rest and come back refreshed. And there's no reason why they can't win the next three games on a bounce. And you don't want to be going from that one to the other, one to the other, just constant battle with positivity. So I think everyone's just got to really stick in there at the minute. And that extends to the team just as well as the fans, because we've seen throughout the first part of this season, how important it has been for the the players to almost have this, different feeling behind them of not like oh well you're going to screw it up because you're always screwed up because you're Everton that that sort of seems to slightly crept back I think this week was the first time that I'd seen Everton and Everton play I think it was Michael Keane had to come out and go oh well we're going to try and you know recapture the momentum and those sorts of old rallying cries that we see so so often I hadn't seen that for a while and this sort of thing (laughs) I don't really want to have to see going forward because it shouldn't be just a thing that comes out when you're playing badly. Momentum's important all the time, so you've got to appreciate it when it's good and realise that when it's bad that you can still be positive about things. This group of Everton players, it's still the best that we've had for a long time. 
and still going in the right direction, in my opinion, still going in the right direction. Do you know what? Yeah, you're going to lose games. If you go back and you look at Wolves last season, Leicester last season, Southampton, all these teams have runs where they lose games. Like, unless you are Manchester City or you are Liverpool, you're not going to win 38 games in a season. Even look at City. City, you go sometimes yeah. losing one, two on a bounce, and everyone's like, oh, well, it's the worst thing in the world. But you still have faith in what you have there. And what Everton have is a core group of good starting 11 players now. That was not something we could say even as much as six months ago. And I do think that we do have to stay quite positive about this because it's slightly ungrateful for us to be going, oh, well, God, I missed what it was like a month ago when we weren't losing <laughs> games, but we still had the exact same players that we do now. And even though we're going to get our best player back next month, oh, it's crap, isn't it? Well, let's just get behind them. And next month, when Richardson comes back against Fulham, just everyone has the belief that now they can start turning it around now. And they will. She'll put a ban on anyone going away on international duty. She'll let everyone have a rest for two weeks. <laughs> just feels like the international break just ruined our season, the first one. Uh, it, it was just time so badly, wasn't it? But I think it all comes down to that Richardson red card. I think if Richardson doesn't get sent off at the end of that game and Everton get a point or lose that game, that they still end up with more points in this window of games than they have done. Yeah, massively so. I'll just quickly rattle through some points on Twitter. Feel free to jump in on any of these, Mike, if you've got any points or disagree or, you know, agree. Uh, Steve Hill, I can see this coming. Continually fail to take advantage of teams that are there for the taking. Uh, DL Barks has said we're really poor and that performance against Spurs was a fluke. Uh, we have to be one of, if not the worst, defensive sides in the league and it's not getting any better. So good that DL is staying positive there, Mike, uh, like, like yourself. Um, Jim yeah. James has said love our manager but why is he sticking with the same rubbish we lack pace and dynamism I don't know the answer but Gordon added a lot when he played in the cup uh, See, the- I, I, do you know what well, that's, that, that's an important point that one is that you can still know that Ancelotti is by far and away the best option at Everton and he is doing good things at the moment what he has but he can also make mistakes I think that's what we're seeing now is he should have more faith in those young players he should have more faith in Anthony Gibson especially Anthony Gibson. What? Anthony Gibson. That's <laughs> Anthony Gibson. Anthony Gordon. Not like Lu- Lewis I've, got, Lewis I've Gibson, got Lewis Gibson Anthony on the brain. Gordon. Yeah. Gibson, Anthony Gordon, Mould. You've got. Jesus. Yeah. That'd be you've, one hell of a player. Yeah. You've, you've got you've got other defenders out on loan on the brain after watching that shocking centre back performance. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> From Everton, uh, just a, a couple more. Um, where's WDR? By Sam Free, Salvando were better than us. Angelotti's team selection formation cost us versus Newcastle. Today, again, how doesn't Gordon get on the bench? And why is Sigurdsson taking our free kicks when he's awful? Never beats the first man. We have Hammers and Dina there. Um, and just one more before we wrap up. Uh, Matt uh, Norbert, 1878, has said, manager needs to have a word of himself as well. Multiple Champions League winner and one of the best of all time, he may be. But he's constantly picking Sigurdsson, which is effectively starting us with 10 players. Um, just just very quickly, my God, obviously the, the Pickford has been getting called out for all sorts again. I, I was quite angry when he when he dropped the ball and, you know, sort of thinking, how has he got away with that one? But looking at the replays again, it just seems to get, get a little nudge from, from Maguire. What did you make of that? Yeah, you get to shove in the chest when he's off the ground. Mm-hmm. Try catching the ball when someone shoves you. Someone, some six-foot-four fella just comes along and shoves you in the middle of the chest while you're jumping for it. It's not going to happen. I think... 
we've all we've all been heavily critical of Jordan Pickford when he's and the criticism and today I don't think there's that much there to criticize him for if you're gonna have a go at any goalkeeper not catching the ball when they are fouled you're gonna be in for a very long ride so yeah not much there for me today but still I still think that he could do with an extended time out of the team I do think it will be beneficial to him and I do think it will be beneficial to Everton that's not changed on the basis of today yeah yeah, fair dues. Uh, totally agree, mate. Um, I, I was critical of him there, but watching it again, it's um, yeah, it's it's a tough one uh, for Jordan. But yeah, uh, we'll leave it there. Maybe we've got the whole international break to get stuck into to what happened on on Saturday, and you know what's going to potentially turn around. We play Fulham uh, in two weeks' time. It's I suppose it's it's that familiar feeling of welcoming an international break again, isn't it, mate? You you know, earlier in the season, we're like, oh, we don't want it. We're playing so well, but I think we're all open open arms embracing it this time, aren't we? Yeah, we we we've limped to this one, I think, a bit, like it, figuratively and literally. I think people have just limped away to this one. You do. This is going to be the acid test for Everton's season now. Is what they do with this two weeks because they need to really, really use it to the best of his abilities and get back to where we know this team can be. Yeah, fingers crossed. I've started for them now when we do return. Um, in a couple of weeks' time. Uh, cheers to Mike for coming on anyway. Thanks very much to everyone for watching on YouTube, for listening. Uh, if you're watching on YouTube, subscribe to the channel. We'll be doing loads during the break. If you're listening on iTunes or anywhere else, uh, do leave us a rating and a review. Uh, we'll be back on Monday with all usual content on Blue Room Extra and on your usual feeds as well. Uh, enjoy the rest of your weekend while you can anyway. Um, hopefully Everton haven't ruined it too much, but yeah, uh, we'll be back again soon on the Blue Room. Take care. Northern Tool and Equipment isn't just a store, it's a problem solver's paradise. Fully stocked with the right professional grade tools and fully staffed with experts who have the right answers. Problem solved. Northern Tool and Equipment Summer Sale is on now. Stop in and save up to 50% on pressure washers, sprayers, generators, fans, lawn and garden equipment, and more. Hundreds of deals in store or at northerntool.com. Sports Social Podcast Network.